Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Some would say it was the greatest idea ever made. Some would say it's the worst idea somebody can think about. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, today I was turned on the TV and caught some of the Sydney 2000 opening ceremony on the Olympic Channel, which was really kind of cool. Wow. Flashback. It. Yeah, I know. Flashback is right. But it had one of those, the, the big ceremony part was one of those here's a little girl and she has a dream or is going through some journey and I wondered what happened to her. Like today, oh, you know, yeah. it's like 17, 18 years later. You know, what happened to Nikki? I would love, like all of those little where kids. Are they yeah, now? where are they now? So if you happen Let's... to know somebody, listeners, who was one of these little kids in a an Olympic opening ceremony, let us know. Put us in touch with them. Info at oh, olimfever.com. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. Are we going to start with the good news or the bad news? The the good news, like about my gold medal fencing butt? Is that the good news you want to talk about? <laughs> no. The good news. <laughs> I could talk about your butt all day, Jill, but that's not what I meant. All right. Okay. What, what... I, I, meant, I meant about that Sean did get a present. Oh, yes. So we have a correction from last week. Last week we talked about what it costs to host games because we looked at the host city contract that the IOC puts out and part one of the line items was that everyone in the media needed to get a little gifty to say thank you whether that was a certificate or something else it was up to the host city so I had asked our video cameraman Sean Callahan whether he got something and he said no and then uh, he was listening to the episode he said oh no 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 I misunderstood your email he did get something he got a certificate and a little lantern, which is now living on his bookshelf at home. It's very cute. Well, unless unless that lantern had Sue Harang, I'd be annoyed. <laughs> I, I don't know. It would have been of, like, really you can cool... keep your keep your lantern. Just give me the stupid Sue Harang. <laughs> would you say that to Tokyo 2020? Well, I'm not as fond of their mascots as I was of Sue Harang. 
So they can give me a lantern if they'd like. The standards have been set. I'd like a lantern. And speaking of mascots, you know, uh, today, the day we're taping, is the anniversary of the opening ceremonies of Atlanta. And so, so, you know, you know, I wonder what kind of Izzy mascot stuff they might have gotten. Talk about where are they now? Whatever happened to Izzy? Is he like, you know, laid out in some Atlanta street? Oh, don't say that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's on it's on mascot skid row. Just I was the mascot, man. Everybody, all the kids loved me. <laughs> you know, and Misha's oh. over there making fun of him and you know, Suharang oh. comes skipping up the, the walk. I can only imagine. <laughs> But switching into, sadly, we have some sad news to report yes, that came out do. today. Dennis Ten, who is from Kazakhstan, he was a three-time Olympian and won the bronze in Sochi for the men's figure skating event. He was stabbed to death. I know. And it's just so incredibly sad. It yeah. was a uh, burglary gone wrong. Somebody was trying to steal his car yeah. mirrors and um, he got stabbed and he bled. Yeah. He was only 25. (sighs) So to, and he was at one time in the Brian Orser school. Oh, really? Yeah, he was coached by Brian Orser at one point. So he was part of that whole group of skaters. So to all those skaters and all the people who loved him, we are so sad for you. There are no words to express what a tragedy that is. Yeah. And he was a big hero, apparently, in, in Kazakhstan sports world. He right. was one of their first medalists. So it's, oh, okay. Too upsetting. Too sad. Right. Well, let's get into this week's big story. So yes. last week we talked about how expensive it is to host the games. And the poster child of expensive games is Montreal, Montreal. 1976. That city went massively over budget with its games and put the city into a mountain of debt. But what's interesting is that 42 years later, the Montreal Olympic Park is far from being a ghost town. And last month, contributor Ben Jackson and I went on a tour of the Montreal Olympic Park facilities, courtesy of Cedric Assemini, the public relations officer for the park, and take a listen to our journey. The 1976 Olympics in Montreal is the perennial symbol of how expensive it is to host an Olympic Games, with it eventually costing the government $1.47 billion, which wasn't paid off until 2006, 30 years later. Part of hosting the Games included building an Olympic Stadium, which was a focal point for the event. That stadium, designed by French architect Roger Talibert, became the symbol of these Games. It was nicknamed the Big O for its letter O shape, And then English speakers called it the Big O, O O-W-E, because it was the symbol of a stadium that went wildly over budget, ballooning from 150 million to 800 million by the time it was all said and done. The Olympic Stadium is one of four four equipment. The equipment, there are four equipment which constitute the Olympic Park. This is Cedric Esimini, public relations officer for the Parc Olympique. So the Esplanade is a long place where now we put a lot of uh, events. It can be a food truck gathering. We have the largest food truck gathering in Canada. So once a Fantastic. month. Yeah, it's really nice. Once a month for uh, all the months of summer, there's 50 food trucks who come here. 
and 15,000 people come here and they eat and they drink and party music so Esplanade is for events any kind of events we have the stadium which is the big part of it uh, 56,000 people and can go up to 60,000 we have the tower that is right here tallest inclining tower in the world 165 meters high 45 degrees under the tower there's the sports center biggest aquatic center in canada maybe in north america i'm not able to confirm but we have underneath seven pools olympic pools and this is the hub where canadian athletes train in 12 different disciplines so uh, and it was inaugurated in 2014 it's it's a place where you know uh, top level athletes you know that are on the breakthrough of became, becoming pro or senior this is where they train so swimming skating judo gymnastic and all that and uh, it's only for them. So it's a place, you know, if you want to get medal as a country, as a province, whatever, you build something like this, you put every need that they have, which is uh, Cairo, nutritionist, all that, and you put them there and you give them access to top level facilities and they train and they go and they bring medals and they come back, everybody's happy. When Cedric talks about the Olympic Park, He's talking about the components that are the responsibility of the Olympic Park organization, Parc Olympique, which is provincially owned. There are more than just these four components within the huge park area that the stadium sits on. For example, the building that served as the velodrome during the Olympics. We used to have that, but we gave it to Montreal uh, in 1991 for their 350 anniversary. Uh, and they changed the vocation of the of Velodrome. It was a Velodrome first. Uh, they changed it for a Biodome, which is kind of an interior zoo. So up until 1991, it was a Velodrome? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because um, back, in the, back in 1990s and 1980s, it wasn't popular at all, you know. Nobody was using it, you know, there were like maybe 10 or 15 cyclists. So it was, this is all publicly owned, you know. This is, this is property of the government of Quebec, which is a provincial government, and it's for the tourism. So we have the same kind of thing in Vancouver, the BC place. Mm -hmm. So the, the government, they, they say, okay, this goes under tourism. It can change, and there's an authority that maintain and exploit this and this authority is publicly owned so i'm somebody who's paid by public funds you know and all this is publicly owned so we have a social vocation we're not just here to make money we're here also to provide services for uh, the people so yeah and this is the funny part so if we had something like a velodrome this day in 2018 with the popularity of cycling this would be a huge hit it was it was meant it was perfect the way it was built the wood that was used you know and it was like a round circle that people could go and it was open to public you you, you were just paying like maybe five ten bucks and you could have access but back in 1980s, cycling wasn't, wasn't the hype, you know. But imagine if you had something like this in 2018, it would have been a huge hit. Well, history has chosen, so now it's something. It's still, it's still working pretty well. 
the biodome is uh, greeting maybe uh, 2 million people a year, oh, wow. 1.5 million a year. Us, the Olympic Park, if we have all this, we're around 1 million person a year. So usually 1 million visitor. It could be either for the Esplanade, the stadium, the tower, or the sports center. Also in the vicinity are two city-owned venues that existed before the Olympics and were used during the Games. The Maurice Richard Arena was used for Olympic boxing preliminaries and freestyle wrestling finals. And the Pierre Charbonneau Center was used for Olympic freestyle wrestling preliminaries and the entire Greco-Roman wrestling event. Today, both are still in use. Along with hosting events and competitions, Canada's national short track speed skating team trains at the Maurice Richard Arena. And the Charbonneau Center is a vibrant community center with 3,750 members who take part in many sports and cultural activities, including fitness, martial arts, badminton, gymnastics, music, and ceramics. Then there are new facilities built on areas that had been practice fields during the games. That includes a planetarium, a privately owned movie theater, and the stadium for the Montreal Impact, the city's soccer team. The Montreal Alouettes, which are the city's Canadian Football League team, they practice both in the Olympic Stadium and in the outdoor fields by the soccer stadium. Back to the Park Olympique and its other amenities. So here we have access to the subway. So this is direct access to the subway. There's two subway stations that give access to the stadium. So we are greatly located, which means that, uh, you know, we, we, we are very, it's, it's very easy to come at the stadium. So when we have big crowds, like let's say 50,000 people or so, it's easy for them. They just take one of the subway and they come here. We have also 4,000 parking spot, interior parking spot. So great also revenue for one thing. So right now you're at the heart of the stadium. So 56,000 people right there. This is the, the event that, were, that I was okay. talking to you about. So there's a lot of things that can be done here. Now we, we just have a setup for more an event like this. People are gonna be here, there's gonna be games, but we're able to host any kind of events. Okay. So we can have uh, football, soccer, baseball, social events like this, salon, exposition, all that. Everything here is possible. And I like to say that, you know, in, 50, in 42 years, the Olympic game only lasts two weeks. Right. But right. we have a 41 year and 50 weeks that we had numerous events of any kind. At the beginning, when it was built, uh, a little bit of history here, it wasn't like that. We had no roof. Right. Uh, the, 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 the tower, the inclined tower has a purpose, which is to maintain the roof. So the, the tower by itself supports the roof for around 75% of the weight. The oh, other 25% wow. is what we, are, what we call the technical ring. The nickname of the stadium is the Big O, because of the O. And uh, the English people made a funny word name, the Big O, because it cost a lot of money. And you know, that's, that's in all history books. Mm -hmm. It cost a lot. The mayor at the time, Drapeau, said, well, it won't cost more than 100 million. Mm -hmm. In two years, the, the, the amount escalated quickly. So by the end of 1976, it cost like around 1 billion. Okay. Right now, if we would bid the same thing, 
it would be around five billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We are looking at the possibility to open one or many sections oh, okay. to have for something like that mm -hmm. uh, natural grass and an opening okay. inside the roof. Okay. So it's not retractable. Retractable is too risky. Okay. The technology is not there. Okay. This is a unique piece of architecture that you won't find anywhere else around the world. Okay, A roof that is hang vertically doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There is no replica of this. There is no expertise of this. This is unique. Some would say it was the greatest idea ever made. Some would say it's the worst idea somebody can think about. Right. But the fact is that we have it. Right. So this is what it is. So when we do renovation, when we do, there's nobody who can say, well, I've done like four roofs like that. No, because they don't exist. So there's no expertise. So the risk is right. more important because there's nobody that can say, well, I've done it many times. So, And for us, the number of events that require an open roof, they're like four events, three right. events. You know, there's the Olympic Games. We have our run. Thank you very much. <laughs> we have the Athletic Championship. Mm -hmm. We have the NHL Classic. And we have the Soccer FIFA team. Mm -hmm. Architecturally speaking, the stadium is quite interesting because it's like a mirror, okay? Mm -hmm. Here you have what we call console, which is the, the, the main structure that, that allows to have that kind of uh, vision, you know? There's, mm -hmm. no, there's no pillar, nowhere. Everywhere you are sitting, you can see everything. And, and this is quite unique for something with a roof. When there's no roof, people go like that, but then since we have a roof, and there's the support, that's what the tower was meant for. The tower was built 11 years after the Olympic Games. So in 1987. Mm -hmm. So between 1976 and 1987, there was no roof. So, you know, the stadium changed in the course of the years. Uh, it was not the same configuration. It was not the same field. So as you can see, it's like a mirror. Each column, has this twin. So the 1 and the 1A are uni are identical. Okay. But the 1, the 2 and the 2A are identical. You see there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14, 16. And you have 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A, 9A, 10A. Oh, okay. So each pair is identical, but okay. each pair is unique to the other pair. So it's it's wow. twins okay. that are only one. So the height of the of the 7 and 7A are identical, but the, there's a difference between 6A and 7A. So there's okay. a difference between 6 and 7. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, no, it makes sense because of the curve yeah. of the stadium. And it's and also the, a mirror. Yeah. So at the center you have like one part which is one two three four five mm -hmm. until 17 and the on the upper part you have the reflection so that was the thing that taibar thought about this are these yellow seats original sorry are the yellow seats original or are they yeah wow. every seats are original and this needs to be changed also <laughs> there's a lot of things that need to be changed so you know we had a problem with the roof it's yes. no uh, it's, it's no secret 
we are uh, working right now. We just obtained the authorization of the government to go and uh, change the roof. Since we are publicly owned, it can be longer than if we were privately owned. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's part of the game. That's how it works. So when we are renovated, we are renovated some section, but we choose to not touch the stadium until we have functional roof. Okay. Because you know you don't you don't change your kitchen if your roof is leaking. Right. First you 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 work out the roof, and uh, then you can uh, also um, and then after you can also uh, after you change. Uh, the, the lightning and all that. When I say that the stadium, you know, it's part of the history of Quebec, of the city, it can be used to many, many things. Here, for example, last year, we had migration wave that came from Vermont to Montreal. So, and we had a lot of, uh, of um, uh, uh, immigrants that came here, refugees that came here to seek asylum. Where do we, did we put them? We put them here. Oh, wow. So the stadium was used at this time for hosting asylum seekers for a month or so. So this is one of the sections. All those sections can be rented and they are rented depending on what kind of events people want to do. So we have a lot of a movie that came here. Okay. Uh, X-Men, Red. There's also sci-fi movie that came here. Chaos Walking came here it's a movie with the guy who's in spider-man but uh, and we have other movies like that so our installation are used for many many different reasons one particularity of the stadium is that there's ramp everywhere that was an idea of the original architect because he was uh, saying you know I've got 70,000 people mm -hmm. that come for uh, a discipline mm -hmm. and I've got 70,000 people waiting for the next one Right. So how do I make that change quickly? Right. So ramps are easy to access. They can have a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They prevent uh, people from falling and all that. So for injuries, it's easier. You know where you have ramp everywhere. Do you know how fast the stadium? Oh, uh, really, really fast. In like I think 15 minutes, okay. the 60,000 people can be uh, can be uh, can be done. It's uh, it's uh, the the stadium. The way it is built. It's like the skeleton of it, the structure of it, is visible and it's part of the architecture. Some would say, well, it's nice, it's dirty and all that. But if you look closely, the way it is built, you can see that all the structure that maintain the, the, the level oh. of, the, of, the, of the stadium are visible. So it's a it's a game of weight and counterweight. Okay. All, All of that support. it's a game of weight. Yeah. yeah, the support. All this was built not on site. It was built somewhere else, and it was assembled outside. It was assembled here. Yeah. Okay. So every piece of concrete, there are wire inside that okay. goes inside, and they are they were tensed. They were, uh, you know capped together with okay. um, uh, steel wire okay. that were like pulled and fixed. So it's what we call oh. in French, it's uh, post-tension. Okay. So it's tension yeah. on side. Okay. So it's like, you remember when we were young, there was the, 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 the small toys, you know, it was a horse 
and you pull and the horse went out and oh, yeah. you, and you yeah. retract and yeah. the horse. So it's the same thing. So here there's one wire that go from here to rear, another wire that goes from here to here, another one that goes from here. And okay. like this wow, also so all them are stuck together so you know they pass the wire to the concrete and then mm. they pull on mm -hmm. each side and they put some epoxy and they make it fix wow. so that's why you're able to have that kind of equilibrium and this is one of my favorite plays because it's the, the, there's a really a singular view and I was saying you know you see all the structure you mm -hmm. see how it works uh, here where the, 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 the concrete slabs are put together. Sit. So it's like a Lego block, you know? Right. That, right. that was assembled. The legacy, the use of the installation mm. after the Olympic Games are, are very important. And here, people, they say, uh, a lot of people, they don't like the stadium for mm. many reasons, uh, good or bad, it's, it's up to them, it's their opinion. But the fact is, is that they, they, there's two things, you know. First, before you hate it, you gotta know why do you hate it. So you got, so you gotta know history. Uh, secondly, if you look at other equipment used around the world, you would see that we are quite good at what we do, you know. And name some equipment that were built for the 1976 games or the 1970s or even the 1980s that are still operating today and that are able to say, well, back in 1976, I had the Olympic Games, I had CONCACAF, I had boxing, I had Michael Jackson, I had the Pope. Uh, I'm gonna have the eSports competition in September. Okay. I'm gonna probably have a FIFA World Cup game 50 years after I was built. There's not a lot, a lot of equipment that can have that kind of pedigree. And it's also the, the way it was built. Yes, of course, we had problems regarding the construction. We had also some problem in 1991. There was a, a part of the stadium that fell. Okay. So not good news. But the fact is, is the way we are, we are maintaining right now, it's going to be there for couple of decades okay. which can we can easily say that I'm probably gonna die and it will still be there you know and it will still be needed for numerous kind of event but you know how reputations are you know it's really tough to build a good re reputation and it's really easy to broke it so it's kind of what happened but I like to, to see the stadium as a, as a, as a character in, uh, in books, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, contrary to, to movies, the, the characters, well, they have struggle, they go over the struggle, everything is fine, and uh, they live happily ever after. In books, sometimes, you know, the character is as it is. It has one or many struggle. And at the end, well, it's, it's, it's what it is with the struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, the stadium is not, is not afraid or shy of his history because his history makes what it is today, you know? It's our Madison Square Garden. It's part of the, of the history of the culture. It's the symbol of Montreal. When you look at Montreal, you look at the, the, 
at, at the Olympic Stadium. On the international level, you, you show a picture, where is that? They're gonna say, this is Montreal. So it's, it's a relation of love and hate with Montrealers, but it's, it's funny to say that we have people from other countries who come here to see how well do we uh, maintain and exploit the installation 42 years after uh, the original uh, the game. So now I showed you the old part. Okay. Then vintage is fun and all that, but uh, <laughs> there's other things happening and uh, I'm gonna show them to you. So here, you know, we usually rent this place also. Okay. Uh, filming can be events also. Uh, we had a rave that was 15,000 people for that oh. rave. People don't talk about it, but for us, it gives us revenue, so right. which is a good thing. Revenue is a good thing. So how much does the Olympic Park organization make? Well, according to its 2016-2017 annual report, it made 57 million Canadian, which was about $43 million US. And that includes revenue like government subsidies. But we should also look at profit, and right now that's a lot less frequent. If you go back to 2011, you'll find only two years where the organization made a profit. One year was 2014-2015, when it made 2.1 million Canadian, which is about 1.59 million US. And in 2016-17, it made $200,000 Canadian, which is about $152,000 US in profit. However, things could be on the upswing. In 2017, the stadium had its highest occupancy rate in six years, with setup events and teardowns taking up 239 days, which means that for 65% of the year, people were in the building working or attending some sort of event. This is a 34% increase from 2016 and a 76% increase from 2012. The organizations recently rented out space in the Olympic Tower to Desjardins Group, which will take occupancy this year over space that will fit 1,000 employees. And that's going to bring the Olympic Park rental and parking garage revenue. The Olympic Sports Center, we're underneath the tower right now. Okay. So the tower is facing that way. Okay. So underneath, we have the aquatic center, seven pools. So seven pool, nine million liters of water, which is roughly uh, three million gallons. This is the INS, the hub where the athletes are. Inside they have 12 teams uh, that are here to uh, train and all that. Upstairs we have the musculation room and this is open to public. So you can come here, train, have a membership and all that. And uh, it's everything. And on Sunday we have a Wibbit, you know, the structure, of inflatable structure. Oh, yeah. So uh, we have other activities for people. We have agreement with the hospital to helping people with disabilities. So all the social vocation of it is part of what we are. So this was renovated for 30 million. Okay. And this cost 24 million. Okay. This is not just a box. There's a full equipment installation inside. This is what can be done when we renovate. So, you know, we keep the spirit of the, of the, of the 1976 game. We don't alter the architecture that is from the origin here, this, all this, but we give it a flavor of the future of the present. So 
And this, we're, we're pretty proud of this because uh, it's, it's, it's a well-known place. Uh, it's a place that is known for their uh, qualities of their facilities. And our, um, our premise of this is that these are Olympic level facilities open to everyday people, which is part of the spirit of the Olympic, you know, bring youth, bring sports to youth. So here you have top level uh, facilities open to people who are not like that rich because the neighborhood of Oshlagomezonev is not a rich neighborhood. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a neighborhood that is more like a, more, a lot of poor people. As part of the Olympic legacy, the Aquatic Center is open to the public and a government subsidy keeps entrance fees and memberships low. An adult membership to the pools is $269 Canadian, which is about $200 US per year. And if you want to add on gym and fitness classes, it's $535 Canadian or about $400 US. The water in the pool is a controlled temperature and it's filtered six times a day. I got to swim in it twice during my stay. It was absolutely fantastic. Also at the Aquatic Center Diving Well is a 17-meter diving platform, which is the tallest interior diving platform in North America and the only place around where cliff divers can train inside. Connected to the Aquatic Center is the Olympic Tower. The tower is 165 meters high with a 45-degree angle, which makes it the tallest inclined tower in the world. Although it was supposed to be finished for the Games, it didn't open until November 1987. In the space across from the tower entrance is an exhibit about the Montreal Games that's from their 40th anniversary celebration in 2016. We recreated the... Um, this is the room, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this the is the village. room. Okay. Yeah. And you notice something uh, quite uh, unusual for athletes? They get a desk or something. Oh, this is the ashtrays. <laughs> Olympic provided ashtrays yeah. in your village. <laughs> Pop in. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is the what we call a funicular. So it's like a teleferic, but also like an elevator. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is the original one. Okay. It was built in 1987, and it's still up and running right there, right now. It did one million of travel in the okay. same one. So here the thing. We did one million Trips. back and forth. Okay. So there's not a lot of, uh, of uh, funicular or equipment that lasts along like this. Up on the roof, it's the uh, observatory, which is one of our main international touristic attraction. Uh, the, the observatory alone is 200,000 people a year. Oh, wow. A lot of tourists. We used to have more. But you know, the, the, the demands are changing and all that, so it's need to be renovated. As I said, we cannot renovate everything. Come here just a second. As I said, we cannot renovate everything because, you know, we got to choose where do we spend our money. Uh, so we did inside the tower. So in the next maybe five to ten years, we're going to change the observatory. So here you have all the, the view also that you can go. Funny thing is that the, the tower is built in two parts. This part is in concrete and you will see as soon as we will get right next to the little flag, the other part is in steel. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, they changed the way it was supposed to mend, you know, 
our engineer like uh, the, the dispute and all that you know some say well or no but the outside was brand new renovated it was all painted uh, and now we're greeting uh, the um, we're greeting the, uh, the the tenants for the bank uh, who will be in between you know now it's not beautiful today mm -hmm. but um, but usually, when there's a beautiful view, you can see maybe 50 miles around. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you don't want to just make this a ski jump? We tried. <laughs> we really? Tried. Yeah, of course. It was called Big Air. And the promoter oh, yeah. approached us, yeah. and they say, you want a good, good idea? But the thing is, is that, you know, we are, our main purpose here is to rain the place. Okay? We are not uh, a promoter. It's not our purpose, it's not a mission. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. so we, we need to have promoters that come here and they, they say, well, I have the idea. But the, the promoters need to have like, you know, uh, need to have good partners and all that. Good sponsor and all that. So there's a guy who came, he said, well, I can do it. But fortunately, he was not able to, to close all the deals. Okay. But we're still open to it. The, the motto here is, is we can do anything. In the stadium, the, anything you want it to be done can be done. Okay? We, we were used to, to doing anything. In, 40, in 41 years, we received them all. The only corrida that happened in Canada was here. And it's, oh, yeah. the, it's, the, it's the only one because now corrida is illegal in Canada. So, you know, the, the only place, my, no. The only place the Pope came it was here. The only place when we have any kind of event, the only place you could gather 50 food trucks without closing street, it's here, you know. So same thing for a marathon, for a cycling tour and all that. You know, the possibilities are here are endless. You, you can do whatever you want. As long as you have like sponsors and you're serious about it, we're good to go. Have you know, other cities ever contacted you to talk about what to do after the their Olympic course, Games? Like Beijing looking and for lessons? Japan. I, yeah. I received Japan. I received South Korea. I received Brazil. But the funny thing is that here, you know, when you look at your grass, there, there, there's a French expression that says when you look at, the, at your lawn or at your grass, you can say, well, it's not that beautiful. But when you look at the neighbor grass and you say, okay, well, mine is not that bad. So, and, but there's a lot of people who come here and they say, well, and there's also people in the sports community, trainers, coach, old athletes. And they say, well, I've been around. I've been around saying, uh, seeing other facilities. And let me just tell you that this there's no such thing anywhere else around the world. But when you don't visit, when you mm -hmm. can compare, when you have nothing else to compare, you're going to compare with what you know. So if the media told you, or if everybody told you, or if you see that there's a problem and all that, well, we'll say you'll have a negative opinion. But when you'll see what's happening anywhere else, Sochi, how much it cost, uh, uh, Rio, all them, you can say, well, okay, we're not doing that bad. We try to have a social meaning. Uh, the Esplanade is different sectors, so that's one strength of the Esplanade, is that you can have many events depending where you are. I can have an event here, another one here. I can just rent one space and all that. But, you know, it's one of our purpose is to have the, 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 
it's to rent the place. Revenue. Revenue yeah. is the is is what we want to create. Revenue by renting the place, encouraging promoters, also new promoters. If they have nice idea, we can welcome them. We can help them. Uh, but uh, the the finality of it is that we 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 tell people that it's gonna be a great place if you want to have your events because all of the, uh, the, the 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 nice things that we have the space the metro the access the parking and also the the, the fact that you're making an event in a place that is uh, unique in the world so you see the the wires they go from down and they pull the, the the roof like this the two floors downstairs are more for compara uh, corporative needs you know if you want to mm -hmm. if you have a wedding you guys want to wed here everything so there's a also creating revenues how much revenue do you get a year about roughly 17 million a year but we have a um, a government subvention subvention okay. uh, say subvention um Subsidized. Subsidized. Yeah. Uh, so we have a government subsidized that is uh, 17 million also. Okay. So uh, you, you, you cannot see it as a privately owned because mm -hmm. it, it's not the purpose and it's not meant for that. So the government help us and in return we give them, uh, we give access to the people for, uh, for any kind of activities. So you're inside the tower that I was saying it's concrete steel. So this part, as you can see, the observatory is not like it can have a little, uh, you know, makeup. It, it can be uh, pimped, as yeah. we say. Yeah. So we are working on it, but mm -hmm. you know, when we start this, we gotta make decision because mm -hmm. if we start this, we gotta close it. If we close right. it, you lose money. You lost money. So you put money in it, but you lost money because mm -hmm. there's no people that can be in it. So, right. you know, and after we want to make a big opening, a big book. So mm -hmm. after the people are going to be there, be back again, but for the period of time, the length of time that it will not be open, uh, this, so, so it's always a, and we did this for the sports center. We closed for 15 months. Wow. Yeah, and uh, people were, were, were angry. They were like, hey, my pool. They, there were people who come here since 1978. Oh, wow. I talked to people. They said, I was back there when it was this and after the Olympics. So, you know, they, they, there's a lot of people who, who, who criticize the stadium. They're not like, they, they don't use it quite often. You know, it, it's it's quite a, a place that, as you can see, and you were seeing it right now, it's a 50,000-seat stadium. And back, ju just next to it, there's people, like, living mm -hmm. everyday life. So it's not common, especially in North America. Okay. Usually they are more, like, outside on the suburbs right, and, and all that. Here, it's right in a friendly neighborhood. You know? <laughs> there's a big park. So there's people who live with the stadium. You know, they bicycle around it, they, they walk their dogs. So for them, you know, it's their backyard. So they, they come here and play. So, But those people, you don't hear them. 
but they have they, they are really attached and the funny thing is that when I tell the people I, I walk at the park so after the usual question like uh, when are you gonna change the roof and all that mm -hmm. and, and, uh, they stop and they look at me and you know and I see that they are you know looking back at their memories and they say they always say everybody you always said, you know what? I have a, a memory of the stadium. When I was young, I went to see the Expos. I went to the Guns N' Roses show. There was a riot. It was crazy. Cars were on fire. People were angry. Since so many things happened to this place, the place is not shy to tell it to everybody because it's written in history books. And if you try to hide it, Somebody will say, well, no, that's right, not right. how it went because mm -hmm. I was there and all that. So, you know, either you say, no, I don't want to talk it up mm -hmm. or either you just embrace it and you say, well, let's go with it. And this is who we are. And what's happening in the future, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the park, the stadium, the people who work here. The, the, the attachment that Montrealers have, I think that there's a bright future for, for, for the Olympic Stadium and all the other facilities. And, you know, World Cup or not, you know, the, the last year said that the, the, um, the government believed in the potential of the place. That's why they invest in it. And uh, we were able in the past couple of years to, to, to show to the people and convince people of the potential of the, uh, of the facilities. So for, uh, for an Olympic legacy, I think that we're, we're close to our goal here. Uh, Thomas Beck came here, mm -hmm. uh, the actual CEO of the, uh, of the OIC. And uh, he was uh, he was astonished of what what has been done, and he was like, and this was his games too. Yeah, yeah, he was there as the uh, Germany uh, team, Eskrima team. Uh, I could not explain how do Eskrima team works. It's fencing, oh, yeah. fencing, yeah. So you see, when you come inside, it's like you're in a vessel, you know. It's like yeah, a futurist. So. It's crazy the architecture, what we thought, what he thought about it. And when he built it also, it was also in a time in America, most of the stadium are built with steel, you know? Right. So right. here, so coming with here with concrete, everybody was like, he's nuts. He see so, so, and it was a guy from France and he was chosen by the mayor at the time. Mm -hmm. You would not see this, you no, know, there would be yeah. like, uh, call a public call okay let's say then back in the time he went to um, he went to france and he met the the the, the architect at the time who's mm -hmm. roger taibar was still alive and um at 50 um the guy was uh, 50 years old he was he 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 built many many stadium in the world and when Drapeau, the mayor back at the time, mm -hmm. said, hey, I want you to build a stadium, uh, Taiba was like, this is going to be the work of my life. So, so that's why he went with something that audacious, that, you know, bold. Uh, 
of you know trying to build something like this and everybody was like what is it you know and now people are realizing the architectural gesture behind it we did a patrimonial study telling us that there is historical symbolic sport and architectural value of it uh, so it's one step again to recognize the place and the value of the place 40 years later so we're pretty proud of you know what can be done if we look at the future to to preserve the purpose and to also uh, look at a brighter future. One last thing I want to show you. Is this? The Plasma Diakomaneci that was renovated. Again, when we renovate, we don't do a copy-paste. We renovate, we try to find a meaning purpose and we do better that we can so the place Nadia Kamanechi we completely renovated we preserved the old thing which was this okay the the winners of the Olympic 96 uh, 1976 game uh, the medalist we put the uh, ring when you were upstairs you could mm -hmm. see that the ring were perfectly aligned and here we put all the, 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 the athletes of the 1976 games. Oh, wow. Because we, you know, there, there was a guy from Belgium and he was doing an interview about the first Olympic gold medalist in Belgium. And he came here and he said, uh, no, not even the first gold medalist, the first guy who participated in Belgium. He, he didn't want nothing. And he said, do you have like a place? And we were like, no, this is only the people who won. So we, we saw that there was a need to, for, for people to, to find. So we said, okay, so we're gonna put all the athletes that were there and here, they will still have the one that uh, made the gold medal. So now we place Nadia Comaneci with her uh, 1.0, <laughs> which is really symbolic, little story here. Uh, it's illuminated at night, it's beautiful, and it's also a touristic attraction. Memory, but you know, look in the future. Well, thank you so much, Cedric, for spending time with us. It was a really busy day for him. It was the day that FIFA announced that the World Cup would be heading to North America. So it's possible oh, yeah, with the three yeah with the three country bid so it's possible that one of the soccer games could take place in the Montreal's Olympic Stadium so his oh, phone was kind of it would oh, be very I like cool that. so it was it was really fascinating to see all of the architecture kind of up close and you and and you can see this when you go to the park just how the structure is very unique. It's very concrete, which, you know, some people like that, some people don't. But it was fascinating to hear how the stadium was a one of a kind and nothing. Mm. And so nobody knew how to fix it whenever something went wrong. <laughs> it was always like an original problem to solve, which I would imagine for an engineer would be really cool. But it's also frustrating if you're the one putting the bill and you're constantly yeah. trying to figure out how to fix something. But And 76 is the first Olympics that I remember anything of because that was Nadia. Oh, right. I don't remember it clearly, but I remember her clearly. 
Right. So that's fun for me to hear because right, that's right. really my first Olympic memory is right. is from Montreal. And as a kid, I had no clue what anything else was. I just right. knew that I wanted to do that right. someday. Right. right. And of course, like John Neighbor was one of the big swimmers. And when I was a yeah. swimmer growing up, we would watch films that had him doing stroke techniques. So he's one of one of my little kid heroes. <laughs> Not Mark Spitz with the stash. Oh, that too. Him too. He was also in these, but John, this was John Neighbor's big, big gains. This wasn't my, you know, Mark Spitz had his yeah, big gains. Mark Spitz swam here as well in Montreal, but you know. Yeah, it was really surprising how much they're doing to try to make that a viable set of buildings and a viable, viable facilities. And yeah, if if you go up there and your vacation happens to coincide with that first Friday of the month in the summer, get to that food truck festival because oh. it is incredible. They had like 50 food trucks that are all over the Esplanade. There's tons of people, lots of food, any kind of poutine you could ever imagine, and then some. It's and then so you go fun. to the beautiful Olympic pool, which you were very taken with, oh, and swim it. it off. Yes, it was fantastic. And and Cedric mentioned really quickly something called Whitbit, which is they take these inflatables and put them in the pool. And on Sunday morning, oh. it's for Sunday morning, so you do like an obstacle course in the pool over these oh. things. And I wished I could have done that so, so badly. Wished I could oh. have done that because it would have been so cool. Okay, so I went to, and I'll have to find it so I can put it on Facebook. I went up to Montreal a very long time ago. I think it was like 1998, 99. And I visited the the Olympic Park. So there Mm -hmm. are a couple of pictures of me chasing geese in (laughs) the Olympic Park. And I'll have to find this picture because it is, it's, I find it entertaining just to look at myself. Why am I chasing these geese? It would be, it would be cool to see what it looks like over time. Oh, right. Right. To compare what it, yeah. Montreal, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you to continue that legacy. Oh, we like legacy. Yes. So, quick hit. Speaking of a uh, legacy that we're trying to build, the Tokyo 2020 schedule came out, which is on their website. So, if you are thinking about going or if you want to plan your viewing schedule out like two years in advance, which I think we might actually have to do. I was about <laughs> to say that. I mean, I was looking at that schedule going, holy cow, this is going to take a lot of work just planning who's going to watch what when right yeah we'll get on it's it a i'm excited lot. there are a lot of sports there are a, a lot of sports the other big thing this week beijing 2022 came out with its events list and while there are no new sports per se although there's going to be some weird confusion because big air is on the schedule again and it was in pyeongchang but i think they're still calling it new so yeah, I, we'll I, have to look into that. We haven't had a chance to look into that yet as to why it's considered new when it because I didn't think it was a demonstration sport. No, because I don't think I don't think demonstration sports that term Exist I don't think exists. Yeah. yeah. So so we need to figure out that or if it was like a for Pyeongchang only and then everybody else it wasn't permanently on the Olympic program. Maybe yeah. that's it. We'll find we'll find that out. We'll yes. get that sorted out. So Big Air is back on. And then the other kind of really new thing that we'll see is women's monobob, which will be interesting. I know that women were trying for a man, for for woman bobsled, which, you know, that would be cool. For for person? Yes, for person. I think for person would have been cool because, well, at least in the U.S., 
the teams are deep. And I think there are other several other countries where they have a lot of really right. talented women. So I thought four-person bobsled would be really cool on the women's side. But no, nope, they're they doing... went the other way. Yes. Now, is it... I have not seen monobob. Is it a smaller bob? Is it a smaller yes, sled? I believe it so. It is. Yes. And I've only okay. seen, like, videos of it once or twice, so... Okay. So we'll have to look into monobob. Right. And see what we think. And then the other four things that are on the program are mixed team events, which is Yay. cool. Yeah, I know you and love I the have, mixed team. I, I know. We've talked about this before, how much I love when they do events. I mean, I know they're they're doing a lot of these mixed team events because the IOC is aiming for gender parity. Okay, fine. So they want to get more events that, that balance out. But I love them. I loved the mixed cross country because I think it, even more than equal numbers, seeing men and women compete together. Mm-hmm is more impressive on the gender parity look, you know, how it, the, the optics. Okay. Is that, is that because they're wi- like, they're willing to compete together? Yeah. That you've got men and women literally on the same playing field. I like the optics. That's cool. So there's going to be aerials, snowboard cross, ski jumping, and short track speed skating, all having mixed team events. So I'm excited. I'm going to like, so that. I, 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 don't think the summer is moving in that direction because their parity is not as much of a problem as it was in the winter. But I wish they would. I wish they would do some mixed in uh, swimming and track and field. That would be interesting. Swimming would be really cool. I know. I mean, they already have relays. They already swim 427 events. What is one more race? We're going to need another pool for that. No. Martha, get Martha on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> we need another temporary pool. Allison wants mixed relays. I think on that note, I mean, all this news, we've got a lot to digest. So we'll be back here next week. Thank you so much for listening and keep the flame alive. Stay in touch. Email us at olymfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at OlimFever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. We have our run. Thank you very much.